the decisions we're making here, yes, I'm doing it for the benefit of my own community members, but any opportunity I have to help influence the role cities will play in doing climate action mm -hmm. will only be beneficial as they're negotiating at the high levels what the country is committing to. All right, welcome back, everybody. Rich Brubaker, founder of Collective Responsibility, here today with another episode of the Sustainable Ambassador Podcast. Through this podcast, I'm speaking with leaders of nonprofits, governments, academics, and the corporate space about the work they're doing to solve the challenges that we face. Through this episode, I'm extremely excited to be joined by Barbara Buffalo, who is the mayor of Columbia, Missouri. Before being elected mayor of Columbia, she served as Columbia's first sustainability manager. Mayor Buffalo is also the chair of the Environmental Committee of the United U.S. Conference of Mayors. It was part of the recent delegation representing the U.S. mayors at COP28 in December 2023, which is a lot of work, Madam Mayor. So it's great to have you here. And as a starting point, uh, it'd be great to have a personal introduction about who you are and the work that you've been doing. Yeah, thanks, Rich. So, you know, I came to Columbia, Missouri for college in the late 90s and really fell in love with this city. When my husband and I were deciding, you know, where to settle, uh, we came back to Columbia. And around that time was the popularity of green building was becoming more mainstream. I got my lead accredited professional cert um, certification. And from there really worked on trying to figure out how do we make green buildings part of just the norm. In 2010, fast forward, the city of Columbia received uh, an energy efficiency and conservation block grant from the Department of Energy. When we did that, um, I realized, well, that's, you know what, I'm an okay designer, but I think I could maybe influence people to do more sustainability choices. I threw my name in the hat and was hired in 2010. So fast Great. forward 11 years, I was still working for the city. By then I had a team of employees working with me, which was a lot nicer than just the one. And I had the privilege of being part of a, a large national network. Uh, the Urban Sustainability Directors Network, where you got to see those best practices in other communities. So when our previous mayor said he wasn't gonna run for mayor again, I took that knowledge of all those things that our city had done and could still do, along mm -hmm. with the best practices of what other communities were doing. And I thought, well, I'll throw my name into this hat as well. When you put your name in the hat, what were the skills that you thought that you brought that were unique to that, that pool of, I guess, candidates at the time? Well, I think really leaning into those best practices, the knowledge of them in other cities and like what was mm -hmm. happening uh, that we could do better. The other thing was just the fact that I was a known entity here, right? I'd, I'd worked in the community. When you work in sustainability, you have to work with all departments within the city. Mm -hmm. You have to work with a lot of community members. And so, you know, people knew who I was and knew that yeah. you know, my heart was in this. I don't think that it would be as easy for um, a sustainability person to just run for office in any community unless they're known, right? right they have to right. be part of that community to have established those relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it did definitely, um, it, it's given me a lot more confidence yeah. in uh, seeing the future and seeing how we can do better. I will tell you, it is really weird to move from being behind the scenes to being the scene. That's a definitely a learning curve um, sure. that I have to use extra training with how to move from being a staff member to the mm. elected leader. That was definitely a weird transition. What about your vision? Like how did your vision as a professional have to change? Because for the previous 10 years, you'd really been out there saying, you know, climate and sustainability. How has that changed as mayor? Like, can you still run that forward as, as the lead? Or do you now have to really focus a little bit more on the, the community needs, maybe the, the S side of sustainability? Yeah, I think, I think 
something that I did when I was in my previous role and that I've continued in this is to help make those ties, right? When we're talking about things like public safety or um, basic living needs of our community members, hmm. change affects those, right? As we're seeing extreme heat in the summertime, we know yeah. that we have the potential for a rise in crime. We know that when we, people have to use their um, their air conditioning or their heating in the in the seasons, that that could affect their pocketbook and their their daily budget. And so connecting those two things, I think, is an important aspect of this piece and I did it before and I continue to do it today. And do you also pick up more of the social side of those issues now or before is more of a climate and environmental side of that and then how do you align them how do you communicate them down to you know the, the population that you're working with? The social issues have never not been part of the conversation. We've always talked about you know the three-legged stool or the triple bottom line or anything else you want to use for those where we talk about people, planet, and profit, and just yeah. thinking about what it is that we can do to make sure that the people who we're making policies for are not negatively affected by the decisions we're making. How do you know what the right balance is when it comes down? Because, you know, sometimes I think we have the short-term and this long-term challenge. We're trying to show people if we make these changes over the long-term, we'll be more resilient, our economy will be stronger, we will be better. But there's a short-term reality, which is, okay, it costs a little bit more this winter for your heating. It. What are the balance points that you see there? Well, before the decision is made, we try to figure out what would be those unintended consequences and what can we do to um, alleviate them or at least make them a little bit smaller. Smaller. Yeah. So, for instance, with the, the utility rates increase, can mm. we increase how much money we're putting into our energy efficiency programs? Mm. So that as utility rates you know, go up, hopefully the homes won't be demanding as much uh, electricity because we made them more efficient. So we try to be okay. more proactive with that before the decision is made. How did your previous work as sustainability manager kind of help equip you for this job as mayor? And not only that, but just the communications, the engagement with your teams and the community. To be honest, uh, part of it is, is when you were working, when I was working sustainability, you know, when I first started with the city in 2010, it, it was still really rare for a city to have a sustainability person on staff. Staff. So you had to work to win over people to show that you were not coming in to try to take away anything within their life or make their lives harder. You were in trying to really make it better, especially for them, but also future generations. So I think that sort of practice of building those relationships and getting those um, the collaboration done was definitely uh, a big role that's helped me today. The other thing mm. I think that it's really helped me was... Um, because, you know, not everyone was always happy to have me come into a meeting because I might be suggesting they do something different. I have pretty thick skin. Uh, it's not just mm. that it doesn't hurt when people say rude or mean things, but I have the ability to kind of just like compartmentalize it and still focus on what it is we're working on. Who do you reach out in terms of like professional peers to, you know, learn from, be inspired by, maybe call up on a bad day? Like yeah, so I'm really lucky that um, I still serve on the, I'm an advisor to the board for the Urban Sustainability Directors Network. This is a network of sustainability um, staff within cities and counties across North America. Uh, and so since that, I still get to like see them and kind of lean into their optimism and hope and the work that they're being, they're doing. Also being a part of the U.S. Conference of Mayors um, and Climate Mayors, and then also um, having the phone numbers for a lot of mayors, especially women mayors. 
partners. Mm -hmm. I rely on them a lot to kind of, you know, walk through, oh, what did you, you, you did what? How did you do that? And are there more mayors or even governors now that are really from a sustainability background or focus on sustainability of the city, the resources, the state, whatever it may be? You're definitely seeing a lot more um, have an emphasis on climate change and, and climate action mm -hmm. and social justice and environmental justice. Yeah. As far as who were professional sustainability staffers. I think I was the first mayor who had that title first, working in the sustain sustainability manager for a city. But funny mm -hmm. enough, um, the new mayor coming into Memphis, Tennessee, uh, was Memphis's first sustainability person when he was a planner. Um, and okay. so I first reached out to him when he won election. And I was like, there's two of us now. Like, But you're seeing more and more um, getting in. There's uh, a council member in Asheville, North Carolina that used to be their sustainability person and is now a ward representative. Um, so it's just mm -hmm. really fantastic uh, to see that and I think it's because of what I said, you know, we had to talk with every department, you know, all community yeah. members. So we have <clears throat> a breadth of um, relationships to, to fall back on uh, mm. and use um, as we're as we're pushing forward with our mission. What what are the challenges that a small city faces when it comes to sustainability? I mean, what are the ones that you kind of put at the forefront right now in terms of the vision and strategy that you have for the city itself? So it's not necessarily small to mid-size. It's more of like location within the country. Right now, they're doing uh passenger rail investment from the Department of Transportation for Amtrak and other passenger rail lines. They're going to make maybe some improvements to the Kansas City St. Louis line, but like it doesn't come through Columbia. Similarly, you know, we're in where we are, people are not used to living in dense living. You know, we're an hour and a half from St. Louis, an hour and a half from Kansas City. Right. So people, when I talk about uh, <clears throat> urban density and, and the need to have more housing units, transit oriented development, those sort of things, that's not necessarily uh, a pressure considering it only takes you 20 minutes to drive across town. But I also yeah. don't want to sprawl. I don't want to go into the green space. And so that's a, right. that's a challenge that we have um, because the urgency is not there. I would also say that the urgency is not there when um, talking to people about climate change, because since yeah. we're in the middle of the middle, we don't have you know coastal flooding, we're not having hurricanes, we're not having yeah. some issues that our coast uh, peers are having. But again, some of these things are just not forefront in the minds of Missourians. And yeah. so trying to figure out what are those other ways to get them to talk about it and encouraged about it that can get us there. Yeah, actually, I know you're on the Heartland China uh, trip recently. and. I think I was actually in St. Louis when you made the trip over, which was quite funny. And one of the issues I keep coming back to as a as a Missourian and Midwesterner is the issue of kind of water and agriculture and how we trade that water out, you know. And so I think I've had a lot of discussions with people who are in this space of agriculture and water. And I, the, the link just really isn't there, even if the Mississippi and the Missouri are absolute bottoms that they've ever had. Yeah, I think, you know, I did just get back from that trip and it was um, it was really interesting to see. So we were doing like a Mississippi River Valley to Yancey River Valley kind of exchange. So they'll be coming mm. over here uh, next year and, and talking right. with the researchers along that area. Um, and it was interesting to to have this conversation because, you know, Missouri, you know, agriculture is one of our major economies or we're an ag economy. Mm. Um, but we don't necessarily think about the long-term effects of some of the decisions that we've made. I think for, for me as a, as a medium-sized city in Missouri, you know, my water quality can be affected by upstream decisions within agriculture, um, but I don't have control over that. What are some of the major gaps that you're facing in terms of awareness, resources that prevent you from getting that alignment? 
to action? I would say one of the the basic ones, and this is not just for sustainability, this is for all things, is that we're we're suffering really from a polarization within politics, uh, within our communities that is affecting our ability uh, to really get change made because these other things are bursting up and they're all of a sudden an emergency that you need to see too. It's harder and harder to stay focused on what we're doing because people are kind of making these these false dichotomies. Mm-hmm. And so there's a struggle that we have. I would say one of the other issues is just making sure that I have enough workforce to mm-hmm. do the jobs that we have. You know, I have so many vacancies across all the departments of the city that mm. I have budgeted for, which means I have funding for. And then also, you know, there's historic funding coming right now out of the federal government. A lot of it is going towards uh, sustainability projects and programs, but it's on how to attract that money uh, to a mid-sized community that might have not have not have the same level of outcome that you would get from our larger city. So what are the skill sets or mindsets that you draw on daily? to get the work done. I heard a really good, probably about six months into my job is my current job. I heard a really good um, saying this was, don't let people live rent free in your head. Mm. And it was because I was going into every meeting trying to think of all the arguments that were gonna be made for every single thing. And I realized I was spending so much time creating my defense that yeah. I was not necessarily thinking about the the positive offense that I the why we were doing some of the efforts we were doing. So when I kind of took that bug out of my ear and really focused on the the long term effects and the operational excellence we were we were creating, it yeah. helped fill me. It made me a little bit more confident in what we were doing going forward. A colleague of mine said this, and it really spoke to me. It's people are not afraid of change; they're afraid of loss. Mm. And the idea that if I can help show that they're not losing anything that makes their their life special and wonderful. It's just, you know what I mean? We're evolving it. And so that kind of helping focus on that, um, I think is definitely a skill set that I had to develop, but that I really lean on every day. Yeah, that's, it's tough because you have all these big issues and you have to make these small wins. How do you communicate? We're just going to move the ball a little bit closer down to the goalpost. You know, that's something that I actually need to improve upon. <laughs> um, I think, well, you mentioned, you know, like how to how to balance all of the different demands mm-hmm. on it. And that is a really hard thing, right? To show mm-hmm. like, all right, last night council voted on this. This is why and what it's related to. Um, yeah. Because the day after a council meeting, I have nine other meetings to go to on the next thing we're working on. And so it is. Mm-hmm is a challenge and Columbia is a council manager form of government. So it's not like the mayor and the council are the ones, uh, you know, kind of like pulling the levers every day. I'm trying to find that balance for how to then report about what we're doing and push it forward. While also acknowledging I want the staff to get the credit because they're the ones getting the job done. And so mm. it's that balance of trying to uh, to make sure that the communication, the word is getting out and that those who are doing the work are getting the recognition for it. So if we are talking like, say, the renewable goal that you have, and this is a goal that you set. What are the steps to actually executing that? Like what's involved? Who who plays a part in that? And then to, to the point of your team gets it done, like what, how long does that take? And what are the major steps along the path for you? So for our renewable energy goal, you know, one of the things that we did was we basically tasked the staff with coming up with a plan to meet it. Yes. Um, they review it and they review it both on like what is available right now and is supposed to be available soon, but mm-hmm. also, 
what's the cost? And so for the forecasting there, you know, our already investment in some of our, the long-term coal contracts that the city signed under previous administrations is affecting our ability to have renewable energy right now. And so from our utility standpoint, they are going to their advisory board and will come back to us on a recommendation for how to get as aggressive as possible, as soon as possible. Our ratepayers are the residents and yeah. the ones who also need a, a vote and the say of what we do. And yeah, to the point of they need to vote, What? how do you present that to them? Do you give them, <clears throat> you know, this is the percentage and this is the price, or this is the price over time. Like, how do you communicate with them? And then when they vote, are they voting on a couple different options? Like, how, how does that play out? So for us, you know, they basically have voted to create a municipal electric utility like in the early 1900s, um, mm. which given the mission of, of providing reliable, consistent, uh, and as low cost as possible electricity. In 2004, the city of Columbia was the first <clears throat> in Missouri uh, that had a voter-initiated uh, renewable energy portfolio standard which, excuse me, the scale percentages to go up. And that did go to the voters. That was one of the first then. And so since then you're seeing communities um, kind of just do it. They're not necessarily yeah. going to their voters about it. Mm -hmm. I think if we were to have um, sort um, any sort of rate, major rate increase, or bonding that was needed for renewable energies, I think that would be the time to go to the voters and say, okay, if you really do want this, like you say you do, um, here's what it's going to cost. Okay. Now, speaking of if this is what you want to do and here's what it's going to cost, you just came back from Dubai. Yeah. What did you take away from that time as a mayor from Missouri? What, what was the activity for you and what, what were some of your takeaways? I was there as part of a delegation from the U.S. Conference of Mayors. And so I was with uh, mayors, um, mm -hmm. another you know, five mayors, representing everything from New Orleans to Des Moines, Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. and Columbus, Ohio you know, and, and Burnsville, Minnesota. And so as we were talking, um, you know, we're giving the examples on some of the panels about how climate change is affecting our community. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, uh, Mayor Cantrell in New Orleans had some some prime examples, uh, even this yeah. year with the, um, the, the salt water coming into their water infrastructure. Mm -hmm. so we were talking about our own examples. Um, a lot of the conversation was also around um, support from the federal government. Mm -hmm. So sitting on a panel with mayors from uh, the European Union and listening to all the support that they get and the direction that they get from their federal governments was very yeah. different than kind of the fluctuations we experience in the United States. So that makes mm -hmm. sense why they could be ahead of us in some of yeah. the things because they've just had long-term consistent investments yeah. in those policies and programs. Um, I'll tell you the thing that was while it was lovely to to meet with mayors, it was awkward to meet with them like in Dubai, like couldn't we just get together in the US? Um, but you know what? I probably wouldn't have an opportunity uh, mm. to meet with the White House Chief Sustainability Officer in Missouri, right? It 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 yeah. happened in Dubai because that's where that's where he was and where we were at the same time. But also it was just inspirational to hear the stories from around the world about how climate change is affecting other communities. Reminded me that we're part of a bigger picture, right? So mm -hmm. the decisions we're making here, yes, I'm doing it for the benefit of my own community members, but the the extra benefit is that hopefully it's making the lives better in some of like these African countries who were talking about the women's health um, effects from climate change. So I think that to me was inspiring 
And mm -hmm. any opportunity I have to help um, influence the role cities will play in doing climate action mm -hmm. will only be beneficial as they're negotiating at the high levels what the, com the country is committing to. Do you think it's on the states and cities to actually solve these problems? Or, you know, in America, are we waiting for the federal government to come up with a standard that they can be consistent with? Like, how, how do you view that? Yeah, I, I think if we're waiting for the federal government, we're going to be waiting for a long time. Um, I will say, you know, the Biden administration has done historical investments right now mm -hmm. in climate action for states and for cities. Um, yeah. I know, and this is just because we're so big and we have so mm -hmm. many voices at the table that having these sort of networks within cities and states working on these actions together and collaborating together will is mm -hmm. it's what's going to move us forward right it's not right now we're trying to build the capacity within our cities um so yeah. that when funding does become available or when we have a project or program we can do we can act on that and we have the we have the base of which to do that. So if you were talking to a city, what are a couple of things you'd give them advice for, you know, starting that process or moving a little bit further in their own city to identify, address, invest into, you know, the future of that city? The easiest thing to do first is to look in-house at what you could do better. And yeah. so us, you know, is doing energy audits and city facilities, measuring our greenhouse gas emissions impact and like what could our community do, where are areas of improvement, mm -hmm. and then start to make those actions and start to fund those improvements so that you can see those wins and you can see the benefit that happened from them so that then yeah. from then on you can go forward and make even more positive change. What's the focus for you going forward going to be after your mayorship? Are you going to stay within elected kind of you know, the, the, the politics of this and, and drive change that way? Or do you see yourself going outside again and having a different role somewhere? I'm not really sure. I think mayor's as high as I want to go. Um, in part because when you're the mayor, you get to see, you get to see the change happen. And so that's rewarding to get to see. And I don't, I don't necessarily see that my state representatives or federal representatives get to see that. And so I think I need that in order to be um, sort of motivated and inspired to continue in the work. I don't think I'll ever be able to get out of government completely. I think I'll always be supporting because local government has such an impact mm -hmm. on the communities that we serve. Um, yeah. so I think I'd probably work in some sort of supporting local governments and helping either their electeds get um, more skill set to, to do their job effectively or their staff members to motivate uh, and get them to to really think about the impacts they're having um, because mm -hmm. it is really rewarding to work in this space. 